action. Welcome to Torn Stubbs, the Trash Movie Podcast with me, Robert Gershenson, photographer and creative director of Trash, which can be found at movetotrash.co.uk and Joshua Winning, the greatest film reviewer you have never even heard of. I've never heard of you. And we're going to the movies. In this episode, we're going to revisit a film that had its cinema release very recently and see if we feel different to how we did when we first saw it. The Big Short is a 2015 comedy drama directed by Adam McKay. It stars Christian Bale, Steve Carell, Ryan Gosling and Brad Pitt and it's centred around the global financial crash of 2008. So what I found with this movie was unless you had a a complete all-encompassing understanding of how mortgages and subprime mortgages and how you take out insurance against those mortgages failing, unless you understood that whole system, you would be left not knowing what was going on. Yeah, it's like, it's a really hard sell. It's like financial crisis drama starring a bunch of these A-list actors that you recognise wearing stupid wigs. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, a lot of them. A lot of them have wigs. It might as well just be called Wig the Movie. I know. (laughs) But that's, I mean, yeah. So it it is a a hard sell. But actually, if you give it a go, it's great. It's a great film that really tries to take you into that world that you feel so separate from that nobody understands as soon as you know as soon as your parents start talking about mortgages and stuff when you're you know a kid you just completely gloss over and kind of zone it out and start thinking about spice girls and stuff uh well let me put let me put this to you could you explain to me now what the, the the trick was what what the con was so the trick was they put margot robbie in a bathtub and she explains <laughs> things while drinking champagne what is it that she explained? Tell me, tell me about the mortgage thing because I still don't know. It's, it's all about like, investing. Have you ever watched Trading Places? Uh, no. So wait, is that the Eddie Murphy film? Yes. Yes, I have seen that. So you know, at the end, they they win. Uh huh. I love that movie. It's one of my favorite Christmas movies. And if it's on TV, I I almost have to kick myself because I'm like, fuck. I wanted to go to bed, but now I have to watch this movie from this point. It's one of those films, but. However, however many times I've seen that film, I don't know how they swindle the stock market, but you go with it. Yeah. So please <laughs> tell really? me what, how the fuck did they bet against the, you know, the financial situation in the world and win? How, 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 how? Uh, I couldn't explain it to you. There is a YouTube video called The Big Short Explained that has had uh, a quarter of a million views. So obviously we're not the only ones who are confused by this. Um, I... I I could try. I know that as I was watching it, I could follow the logic and they very cleverly use the Jenga analogy, um, which I couldn't explain now if I tried. But I I did feel that I was clinging on to the cliff edge of understanding what this what made this happen. Um, but afterwards, obviously, no idea is gone. Even though I couldn't follow what was going on in, in like mortgage terms, I, I found it very helpful just to follow along how Steve Carell felt. Is it Carell or Carol? I think it's Carell. Carell. However Steve felt, I was kind of basing my emotional response on him. Yeah. Of all... Because it's an ensemble. So of all of the characters, he's the one that I think we're we're meant to um, 
we're meant to identify with the strongest. Yeah. I couldn't identify with the two kids who um, had their trust fund or their whatever business they were setting up. I definitely couldn't um, identify with Batman with what he was doing. But Steve Carell, I could yeah. kind of go with him. Well, he's kind of the he's the hero of the film in so much as any of them can be heroes because they're all kind of assholes. They're all kind of just in it for the money. Um, apart from maybe Brad Pitt, who's the the Jesus Christ figure, who's kind of warning that the tide of evil is going to arrive. Who looks just like Stephen King in that film? <laughs> yeah, he does. He could make a perfect in the Dark Tower books. The character, the character of Stephen King, comes into the books. Yeah, when they they go and confront him at one point, they won't say anymore. But he'd be brilliant for the Dark Tower movies as Stephen King, especially if Stephen King has said that he will never play that role in because he's a terrible actor. <laughs> Hello, creep show. <laughs> yeah, um, sorry, but Steve Carell, Steve Carell. Yeah, so he he's essentially is the hero. He kind of acquires a conscience over across the the course of the film, and also he has a. His marriage is in trouble as well. It's not. It's, I don't think his marriage is necessarily in trouble any more than anyone else who works in a high pressure environment. But he's not. He's clearly repressed a lot of anger about the death of his brother, who was also a stockbroker or something to do with the, the stock exchange or the, the mortgage market, who threw himself a bit off a building. Yes, and he hasn't. He hasn't dealt with that issues. A lot of re- repressed male anger. Yeah. in this film his yeah. team are like a, a like a simmering pot just ready to boil yeah there's lots of posturing and kind of macho kind of sizing each other up and having yeah. standoffs at kind of conventions and there's that great moment where steve Carell and ryan gosling kind of just meet i think they meet for the first time maybe or they meet before a, a talk oh, they, they, just... they met in the meeting and then they met yeah. again at whatever that mortgage comic-con is yeah <laughs> and they just like it's just cutting the way they just take each other down in like a very gentlemanly kind of way. It reminds me of how estate agents <laughs> want to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In their head, estate yeah. agents think they're like that. Yeah. But let's talk about Ryan Gosling. He's a very he's a very interesting actor. As a, as a as a as a person on on chat shows, he's very he's very reserved. He seems very introvert. Yeah, but he's he very good at playing these. Um, reasonably over the top but fully rounded characters yeah that are just exquisitely amazing to watch he's just he's just like got that classic hollywood thing where you just want to watch what he's doing and he's got that thing where you just know there's always something going on under the surface um and he hasn't got that really he hasn't got the really classical good looks you know he doesn't always look like james dean or anything yeah um, but there's there's something about that kind of slightly off, you know, handsome quality that he's just got it. Yeah. His tan and his wig are hilarious. Brilliant. Really good. Hilarious yeah. in this he, film. Um, this was actually like the first film that he made. He took a break. Did he? I remember that happening. Yeah, because everyone was really upset because he'd had this crazy uh, kind of run of great films. You know, he had like what going all the way back to 2006, he had Half Nelson. Then he had Lars and the Real Girl. Then there was Blue Valentine, Drive, Crazy Stupid Love, Eyes of March. Uh, and then after the place... Only God Forgives. Only, only God Forgives. <laughs> and after that, he, I think he realised that there was he could reach like saturation point and everyone would get sick of seeing his... He ended up being buses. Ben Affleck about 10 years ago. Yeah, and he very wisely said, I'm going to step back and have a few, few years off, enjoy the money I have accrued from this crazy successful career. 
Um, and so this was his first film back. Oh, I, I had no idea he took a break. What the fuck do yeah. people do for a couple of years? I guess they just go to the gym a lot. <sighs> yeah, I wish I, I could do that. In terms of overall style, I felt this movie was like the greatest Scorsese movie that Scorsese has never directed. You took the words completely out of my mouth. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking about this film. Because as I was watching it and it's cutting back and forth and it's got all these cool little interludes and, um, you know, they go to the, the celebrity chef and Margot Robbie in a, in a, in a bath and um, it kind of felt like Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. But like a quickened up MTV post post MTV generation version of Goodfellas, um, that would make Goodfellas look and feel as slow as The Godfather, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, it and definitely th- has that Goodfellas thing to it, where you're basically following antiheroes, and you kind of you kind of want them to do well, but actually you feel like they shouldn't. Oh, definitely, I feel like they they shouldn't. This this film, I feel, would make a very good um, double feature with the uh, the Social Network. Mm. Social Network, I, I felt, was released at completely the wrong time. It was rich people, rich, privileged people fighting over money, released just after the crash. Mm-hmm. This film, actually, when I, when I first saw this film at the cinema, I felt it was completely irrelevant. I was like, well, this film's about something that happened 10 years ago. And it's not relevant anymore. Why are we still talking about it? But I didn't feel that this time. No, I, well, I guess enough time has passed that this could feasibly happen again. Yeah, well, that's that's how they end it. Spoiler, spoiler. They end it by saying, you know, it's clearly going to happen again. The, mm. the bankers are up to their old tricks. But in terms of style, um, they employ breaking the fourth wall in this film. Yeah, which... Very Kevin Spacey from House of Cards. Yeah, it, yeah, definitely. But it's not just one character that does it there, there doesn't seem to be a rhyme or reason why a character was suddenly turned to the camera a i felt it was a way to engage the audience enough to stop them getting bored but also to impart the information otherwise they're going to get lost so margot robbie in the bath the celebrity chef ryan goslin yeah, i hadn't seen a- i hadn't seen um breaking the fourth wall used in such a way that was almost knowing yeah, it's welcoming. It takes the audience by the hand and says, don't worry, we know that you don't get this shit. We're going to help you out here. And they really they really do try to explain it and uh, and it, they do it in a very clever, funny way that is engaging. Hmm. Um, and it, it kind of makes finances feel... They, it, the great thing about the film is it reveals the humanity beneath the financial situation. Um, so nobody's going to watch a film because it's about a financial crisis. You're going to watch it because... You want to know how that affected 8 million people who lost their jobs. Um, and everyone in the fucking world. Yeah, you know, the spillover effect across the globe, yeah. Let's talk about Batman. <laughs> yeah. Batman yeah, was... Bale going full method. <laughs> but he was phenomenal. I'm surprised that he didn't actually wear a glass eye. Yeah. Like, like take my eye. I don't yeah. know how he talks. Take my eye. <laughs> take my bloody eye. He was... I haven't seen him put a a performance in like that since maybe American Psycho mm. where Christian Bale disappears and this other character just steps forward and he's just completely believable. He's literally wearing Michael Burry's t-shirt and cargo shorts. Like he, when he met Michael Burry, he asked him if he could have these clothes. And so he literally wears his clothes in the film. I had no idea. And maybe that's the key to wearing someone else's Mr. clothes. Is, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'd never met Batman, so he didn't portray him well, correctly. Exactly, yeah. um, you met them, didn't you? I met Ryan Gosling and Steve Carell when they were doing the press 
tour for this. Yeah. Okay. And they were great. Yeah. I mean, it was a couple of years ago, so I don't remember too much. Yeah. But they were great. They were... Ryan Gosling was... He, I know what you mean about him being introverted, because when he was talking about the film, he kind of... He would come out kind of very... Uh, very confidently talking about the film. Um, and he'd kind of... As he went along, he'd get quieter and his words would get quieter and softer and he'd kind of trail off a little bit towards the end. So he's definitely an interesting person. It's weird because most actors that I meet, they just want to be the centre of attention. They're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so it's refreshing to see someone who's... He's like Robert De Niro. He's very much like, they yeah, all do the, the chat shows, but I'm not going to chat. Yeah. And well, it's, it's, like it's almost endearing. are often quiet and not that funny in real and life. depressed. Yeah. We hinted at Brad Pitt earlier. He produced the movie, but he gave himself the quietest role. He probably did a week on that film. Yeah. Again, with Brad Pitt, that's not a role that someone who is full of confidence and full of ego would give themselves. I guess he understood his place in that script and took that quiet but really important role. Or he was like, I'm going to play the one who's not the asshole. I'm going to be the messiah of this goddamn film. You could see it either way. Potentially. (laughs) Um, I'm going to get the glory. But I'd like to see Brad Pitt more in those roles like less of a hero more yeah of a, less of a hero and in fact Steve with, Jobs with christian bale i think christian bale works a lot better when he's not the lead he's a great i think this this film was proven he's a brilliant character actor oh yeah he is definitely he's well, not a leading man he's so dedicated yeah yeah he's not a leading man I, I never liked his portrayal of batman mm. um the great thing about patrick bateman was it was a character, he was essentially a character actor leading the film. Yeah. I'd like to see more of that from Christian Bale and Brad Pitt. Yeah, I do love the fact that they just shut, uh, shut Christian Bale in a room and said, off you go. Yeah. <laughs> he we, didn't meet anybody really, did he? Uh, well, he, he ventured out a couple of times in a, in a shit suit, stealing mugs and oh, yeah. getting the whatever it was he was getting uh-huh. and like the couple of boardroom scenes i didn't know what was going on i just knew it was a mental guy taking a mug well there was a very handy thing on the side that said minus so and so percent right so yeah but the value of the yeah. scion i didn't understand yeah. that how would how would he knew that when it hit a certain point they'd be fucked basically but it never hit that point they were going up i think it was it going up and then it crashed or but he was never unhappy with what I don't remember him being unhappy with what was going on. Maybe once. But I just or didn't understand. But like he was writing the percentage and constantly changing it. Yeah. And then he was happy with the end and I didn't understand why. That's, Do you want... That's for the smarter people <laughs> in the room. Fuck. So that's The Big Short, directed by Adam McKay. We want you to join the conversation. Tweet us your thoughts and reviews to at TornStubsPod, even if you're listening to this episode way after we've released it. And let's keep the conversation going. Also, share the podcast far and wide and rate and review us on Apple Podcast. We love a five-star rating. We're off to have a financial crisis. Until next time, I remain Robert Gershenson. I'm Joshua Winning. Cut. Cut.